A new U.S. anti-doping chief takes charge. One athlete decides to cheat, it poisons the well for the entire sport. And that's something we just, no one should tolerate. And we certainly do not. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of the Around the Rings podcast. I'm your host, Ed Hula. Today, we're talking with Dr. Raul Gupta, the new director of the Office of National Drug Control Policy, the first physician to hold the post. Besides dealing with the harms of drug use, including addiction, the ONDCP is the agency of the U.S. government which liaises with the World Anti-Doping Agency. Dr. Gupta is a member of the WADA board by virtue of his position, and he's nominated to the office by President Joe Biden and was confirmed by the U.S. Senate. I spoke with Dr. Gupta in February just as he began to get settled into his new post. The Office of National Drug Control Policy is an office, as you mentioned, within the White House that I have the honor of leading, which oversees the coordination of nation's drug policy. At the present direction, we're taking aggressive whole-of-government approach. It's one that ensures we can reverse overdoses when they happen, meet people with addiction where they are, and reduce the supply of illicit substances into our country. This is because our fundamental job is to save lives in the middle of an overdose emergency in which 100,000 Americans have died in the last 12 months. That's an American every five minutes around the clock perishing. And this, this job comes with the the, the, the informal title of drugs are. Do you feel that's appropriate? And do you have the, the power of, uh, of, of a czar to enact change or to, uh, you know, bring about, bring about policy changes uh, with the force of law? Well, I'm certainly very optimistic in our ability to move President Biden's agenda forward. Uh, you know, I'm honored to be the first physician, as you mentioned, to serve as the director for NDCP. My approach is very clear because it's grounded my background as both a practicing physician for over 25 years, as well as someone who has worked on the ground. So it's important uh, for the listeners to understand that uh, my job as director is to work across federal agencies and coordinate and help create policies that are in line with Biden-Harris administration's policies and priorities both on law enforcement and public health. You know, our work right now is really at the intersection of these two fields. That's public health and public safety. And it's because we are we have a sense of urgency to move on this because of the number of deaths that are happening. So while we're working to expand evidence-based treatment, harm reduction, prevention, and recovery support services, we're also working to address the flow of illicit drugs moving into our communities, while also addressing the racial inequities that we have had and continue to have those devastating consequences for communities of color. Now, balancing the fight against addictions, trying to save lives is got to be the, the number one thing you think about every day when you, when you go to work. But on the other hand, the ONDCP has also become the, the agency, the, 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 the tip of the spear, if you will, for doping in sport. 
in the United States? And um, what is the balance between what you're doing um, on the campaign to save lives, on the campaign to rid ourselves of, uh, of these addictions? How do you balance it against the, what you have to do in, in, the, in the sports sector of your job? Yeah, Ed, that's a great question because, uh, you know, my role as director of ONDCP and as a physician is really to help promote and support healthy and safe communities for all Americans, including our athletes. So addressing both are critically important to me as director. My overarching focus is to respond to the heartbreaking and frankly, unacceptable uh, overdose epidemic deaths that are happening across our nation because we have reached an inflection point. And that's why the administration is working hard to quickly expand access to these life-saving treatments, uh, prevention, harm reduction, recovery support services. But part of promoting healthy and safe communities for all Americans includes these additional activities. You know, though the vast majority of my time is spent on reducing overdoses and saving lives, um, it is important to note that uh, promoting and supporting American athletes in international competition is also very important. And this is exactly where anti-doping comes in. Um, you know, I strongly believe that competition must be fair for all athletes. And that means taking important steps to ensure that all athletes avoid consuming prohibited substances in an effort to improve their athletic performance we must also have a rigorous but fair testing program for all athletes, you know, and hold those who are acting bad faith accountable. Because to me, the bottom line is, you know, every athlete is competing in events like the Olympics, and they must know that before they head down a ski slope or jump into a pool, that all of their fellow athletes, regardless of where they're from, are being held to the same standard. And that's exactly what I'm working to ensure. Uh, this time eight years ago in uh, Sochi, Russia, we were getting ready for the opening of the Winter Olympics there. Uh, little did we know at the time that Russian officials had put in place a, a secret system to hide positive drug tests of, the, of winter, Russian Winter Olympians. And uh, then we learned it went far beyond winter sports. Uh, Russian medalists in the summer sports were also beneficiaries of corruption that traded cash to uh, quash positive drug tests. Uh, some, some consider this the, the most blatant, the, the worst drug scandal that's ever hit, Olympic sport. And we're still, still dealing with the aftermath, with Russia still under sanctions. Um, what do you think of the way this whole scandal involving Russia was handled, and how do you prevent things like this from happening again? Well, uh, as you stated, Ed, that uh, it is so much more important now that we continue with this important mission to ensure competition, fair competition, because we have seen it very clearly that government law enforcement and intelligence agencies as well as anti-doping authorities do participate together in state-sponsored doping conspiracies. And obviously the most troubling example of this is the Sochi Olympics in Russia, as you mentioned, 
but it is not the only instance of state-sponsored cheating at Olympics. So it's really critical that WADA's mission, the one to ensure that competitions are fairly conducted with the highest possible standards of integrity by preventing doping in international sports, including the Olympics and Paralympic Games, is more important now and more critical now than ever before. So, so it's important and critical that WADA carefully implement many of the reforms um, to ensure that they accomplish their objectives of increasing transparency and ensuring that all stakeholders have a fair opportunity to participate in those games as well as in WADA's operations. You've, you've gotten your, your toe in the water as far as uh, WADA goes. I believe you took part in your last uh, uh, meetings uh, in November. Uh, what do you think of uh, how WADA is going and uh, what the role is for the United States with the, uh, with the agency? Yeah, you're right, Ed. Uh, I, I did travel to Paris for the WADA Foundation board meeting where I expressed appreciation for the positive steps that were taken by WADA and made clear uh, to President Banca and other leaders that the work remains to fully reform WADA's governance, including the details and monitoring plan for some of those reforms that were enacted. Um, I made it clear that the United States must continue to play a leadership role at WADA. And, you know, we must continue to participate in a fair opportunity to serve in the leadership roles. Um, I believe that some of the um, you know, changes that have happened are very encouraging. And when I say that, you know, I uh, clearly mean by some of the uh, reformulating the Waters Athletes Committee into a larger, more hopefully representative body that ensures a strong voice for truly independent athletes um, so that no single stakeholder group can dominate the decision-making. I also believe that the establishing a new ethics code and board to ensure that nominees to key water bodies do not have a conflict of interest before taking up their position um, and that those ethics complaints could be effectively addressed. These are important and critical factors that we feel um, that when implemented and right, this will help gain and garner more trust into an important body in the work of WADA that it is. Does, does the U.S. want a permanent seat at the table as far as a membership of the uh, WADA Executive Committee? Well, uh, you know, one of the things clearly is that United States is the single largest governmental donor to WADA. We provide half of the total dues obligations for all of the Americas. If you combine it with Canada, our two countries pay about 75% of the dues of the entire nation. Um, we also believe that in, in addition to the funds, our country status is that one that, that generally feels the largest Olympic team as well as has some of the major sponsors of the sport that originate in the United States. So, you know, we clearly have a lot to offer to, to WADA in terms of ensuring transparency, accountability, and reform. And we will be working within Americas and in consultation with WADA to, to address this 
part and this concern. The, the, the financial contribution that the United States and other countries make only cover about half of the budget of of WADA. The IOC comes up with the uh, other chunk of money. Would it be better for WADA to be independently funded by the governments and no funding from the IOC? Well, those are larger questions, but do understand, uh, you know, the some of the IOC fundings is also through sponsorships, um, majority of which are also United States based. So when we speak about United States and the perspective of the United States, it is not just about dues, but it's the larger sort of semblance of our athletes, the fairness to our athletes. Our, our team, our training, because many of our athletes that I've spoken to really look at this as a way of life. It's just not sports, but it's a way of life. We also believe our sponsors make a play a very, very important role. So while, you know, it's probably not productive to just think just how it should be governed, I think what's more important is how the sports should be fair to any and every athlete's across the globe that gets up to the podium is ready to compete. The uh, l- last summer, we had a, uh, a U.S. athlete, Shikari Richardson, who was uh, disqualified from competing in the Olympics because she returned a, a positive drug test for cannabis prior to the, prior to the Tokyo Olympics. Um, is it time to consider an end to the uh, cannabis prohibition as far as international sports goes? And um, I guess for the United States as a whole, does the, does the U.S. need to take a look at uh, ending the cannabis prohibition as, as one of those steps needed? Well, I know that uh, Shikari Richardson is an inspiring woman and athlete. And um, because she tested positive for cannabis during competition, the USADA, the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, was required by WADA rules to suspend her for at least one month. Uh, that was the lowest possible suspension under current rules, and she accepted the sanction. Uh, but we will continue to work with our partners at WADA and USADA to look at the current rules, the science and where the future might take us. I mean, the United States is considered to be one of the uh, big opinion makers in that, uh, on, that, on that issue. Um, so I guess you're in favor from what you're saying here of bringing this out and talking about it, figuring out what the way to go is. I think what I would like to see us do is to evaluate, you know, we have to stick to the rules that exist today while constantly evaluating um, what is uh, available to us from a scientific perspective and other aspects. So it's very important that we continue to evolve and understand where we are and where we're moving to while following the rules that we have in front of us. Um, What about the use of performance enhancing drugs by uh, professional sports? Uh, is this something that should be permitted or regulated in any way? Well, we support clean sports because our athletes sacrifice so much, as I mentioned, in order to compete fairly on a global stage. Um, I've heard directly 
from U.S. athletes in the last few months who have mentioned the sacrifices they make. You know, it's a way of life, as I mentioned to you, for them. Um, the governments and sports movements established a formal prohibited list, which is carefully updated with feedback from uh, stakeholders, including athletes, each year. And that list, as you know, is available. Um, it's called a prohibited list. Um, and, and there's a significant efforts that are made to make sure that all of the athletes are aware of this list and those testing requirements to minimize uh, to the fullest extent possible any confusion or mistake. So, but as technology advances or new problems emerge, that list and WADA's educational efforts have to stay up to date and they have to maintain that. And that's one, one of the areas that we feel really excited about working with WADA. Uh, but at the end of the day, as I mentioned, when one athlete decides to cheat, it poisons the well for the entire sport. And that's something we just, no one should tolerate. And we certainly do not. Uh, the, the WADA is uh, soliciting possible hosts for the 2025 World Conference on Doping and Sport. Uh, is the U.S. considering making a bid for, the, for that event? We haven't looked into that yet. And so I would say at this point, it's not. Uh, but thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> okay. You've got a lot of other things to worry about as well. Um, is, any, is there any legislation you're looking at right now um, um, in, in the U.S. That, that needs to move forward as far as uh, uh, doping in sport goes? Well, we work closely with Congress, um, uh, as you might know, and it becomes very important for us that we work in a pretty bipartisan manner when it comes to, uh, especially with legislation. Um, you know, the Biden-Harris administration works closely on issues, whether it's water, whether it's, um, you know, reforms, uh, such as the enactment of the Rodchenkov Act. Uh, which now provides the FBI with important new authorities to prosecute anti-doping conspiracies, both at home and abroad. And we're going to continue to work with Congress on any legislation that will help strengthen the ability of the United States to lead globally on anti-doping issues. It's in interesting that the Rochenko Act is about you know, criminalizing some aspect of, of, of doping here. Um, but on the other hand, your other role at ONDCP, uh, fighting the scourge of addictions, is um, something that you're trying to bring away from the criminal side to the treatment side. There's uh, different approaches to, the, uh, to these uh, two aspects of your work. But if you if you recall, and I know you do, that uh, the contributions that were made by Dr. Rachenkov in revealing Russia's state-sponsored doping conspiracy in 2016, I mean, his testimony to Congress and the information he provided to the media were instrumental in drafting of the Rachenkov Act. In fact, you know, it was enacted in 2020 before President Biden took office, but um, it is clearly working. And the role there is really, uh, he's written about the Sochi scandal, 
but uh, clearly it's it's um, to you know root out the bad actors, which once again attempt to poison the well and make the sport a game of unfairness and uneven the level playing field. And that's the the challenge there because no athlete should be out there today worried that the game and the sport is not clean. That is against the very spirit of the sport. You see that the athletes are, do you see that in any way the athletes may be victims in doping are the people who encourage them and supply them? Should they be regarded in a criminal sense? Well, it's clear that, that when our athletes are competing and they turn their life into competition and I've had the opportunity to speak with so many of those and the commitment as well as the sacrifices they're making to compete at the highest levels at a global stage, it is only unfair if knowingly or unknowingly other athletes are attempting to take advantage of the stage through unfair competition. Um, you're, you're the first contact, really substantial contact we've had with ONDCP for more than four years now, almost five years. Um, the, the job has been through a series of interim directors over the past, uh, past few years under the Trump administration. And I believe that at one point there was, uh, there was talk about, uh, uh, cutting the department entirely. Uh, what's your uh, what's your feeling about the the future of the ONDCP and stability now in the leadership of the uh, organization? Well, I believe by um, as an honor to be serving as the first physician in its office, taking an approach at a time that is historic and unprecedented, with um, um, an American you know dying every five minutes, as I mentioned, it is more important now than ever before for us to have a coordinated response to this terrible epidemic that we're facing here. Clearly, um, you know, we have not only tens of thousands of Americans that are perishing, but it's, it's being driven by the scourge of this substance called fentanyl that is coming from outside of our country. So we are taking a comprehensive collective an evidence-based data-driven approach to address this epidemic. And therefore, I feel both optimistic as well as encouraged by the fact that uh, we have the opportunity to save lives, literally save lives. And for me as a physician, there's no bigger duty than that. Dr. Raul Gupta, Director of the Office of National Drug Control Policy, has been our guest on this edition of the Around the Rings podcast. It was recorded in February. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ed Hula. Your best source of news about the Olympics is AroundTheRings.com.